right, welcome everyone. We are back, and thanks for tuning into this edition of the 615 Collector. Today is Friday, February 17th. We are right in front of a long three-day weekend. My name is Doug Turner. My partner here is Brandon Turner. Yeah, and a quick reminder that we take no sponsorships. We don't get paid to promote anybody, which is intentional, as we try to stay conflict-free, at least from anything other than our own biases. Yeah, so right in front of a long holiday weekend. Hope everyone has a had an opportunity to get a long holiday three-day weekend. Do you get Monday off? What, what is Monday? President's Day. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know? I have no idea. Really? <clears throat> I don't have class Monday anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, all right. Well, I guess you always get a long weekend then. Uh, let's see. It's going to be a shorter show today. There just wasn't a whole lot of activity in the hobby this week, and obviously with a lot of the you know, football, obviously we'll talk Super Bowl, NBA going into the All-Star break, NHL coming out of the All-Star break, and baseball you know, starting to um, get ready, I guess, for spring training. But a couple of things. I did want to give a shout-out to my nephew, your cousin, Frank Flood, who's doing well. He plays hockey at Eastern Washington. They played in the Pac-8 Championship Tournament. I think that was last weekend, and or last within the last couple of weeks anyway. And he did well. He scored a couple of game-tying goals, both in the third period. One was against Washington, and the other against California that one against California was like a minute left in the third scored a goal to tie it up sent it into overtime and I think they got the win in overtime so anyway so cool to see him doing well there and uh shout out to him and not sure if he listens to the podcast I know his parents do so hopefully he'll you know tune in and and hear a shout out and by the way you remember who uh the uh most notable athlete from eastern Washington I think anyway the most notable Mm mm-hmm Cooper Cup, all right, the receiver from in the NFL. Uh, let's see where else we got a couple of things to get out. The WNBA's all-time leading scorer Diana Taurasi remains unsigned, and she said she's apparently not interested in taking less money. Was asked if she'd be willing to take less money to help, given what Vegas and New York have been doing in building super teams. She said no, not interested in taking yeah, less money. I, I don't blame her. I don't either. Uh, Phoenix has Skylar Diggins-Smith. I think Skylar Diggins-Smith is already under contract. Brittany Griner's not, but is technically a free agent, but she said that she's going to go sign back with Phoenix. And uh, like I said, Diana Trossi is the, the leading scorer all-time in the WNBA, and that's by a long shot. She has nearly 9,700 points, not quite, just shy of that. And the next closest player on the list hasn't even gotten above 7,500 yet, so she's over 2,000 points ahead of the next closest player. And by the way, she does have some cards. Her card ladder index is actually up 22% in the past month. A little misleading. There's not a lot of cards in the index. That's driven by really one recent sale of her 2004 Ultra, which is a rookie card, and it was raw. It was only one sale, so take it with a grain of salt. But it sold for $738 a week or so ago. That was up from two to $300 for the past several sales over the last few months. I did see a PSA 7 in that card that sold in January for $400, and that was up from, say, 250 to 300 over the past six months. So I don't know. Maybe there's some some interest picking up in Diana Taurasi cards, So, but it was good to see some of that strength in her stuff. And then we had some sad news this past week. Tim McGarver uh, passed away at the age of 81. He was a two-time World Series champion, was a catcher, a Hall of Fame broadcaster as well. That's how probably most folks will know him because uh, he retired from baseball I think in 1980 if I'm not mistaken but he was born and raised here in Tennessee in Memphis 
He signed with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1959, made his MLB debut as a 17-year-old, won the World Series in 64 with St. Louis. He was an all-star by 66, and then was traded to the Phillies and became kind of the personal catcher for Steve Carlton, the uh, famed pitcher with the Phillies. And he's one of only a few players to appear in Major League Baseball games across four decades. The 50s, because he was 59 when he came in. So 50s, 60s, 70s, and then he retired in 80s, so the 80s as well. And then when his playing career was over, he became a broadcaster. And I think he called, It was either, I think it's either 23 or 24. I couldn't find the exact number, but I think it's either 23 or 24 World Series that he called. Jeez. And yeah, so he was, uh, and he's in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster, I believe, as well. His rookie card, by the way, is in the 1962 top set. So was sorry, sorry to hear of his passing, and, and uh, he will certainly be missed. His, his voice is one of those just iconic voices of, of baseball. Uh, also in baseball, Otani talk is heating up. He said, uh, I, I like to hear this. He's just focused on the 2023 season, not the contract extension. Mike Trout said he's going to intend to do everything he can to get the Angels to sign him. Angels said they want to sign him, so we'll see. I was looking at some of his card stuff. It's been pretty flat over the last several months, but some of his cards might be creeping up a little bit in value. I noticed his 2018 Bowman Chrome, the one of him batting in a PSA 10. It's up 13% in the last three months at around $390. His 2018 uh, Tops Chrome in a BGS 9.5. This is the one of him pitching. And that's up over 100% at $130.50. The refractor of that card in a PSA 10 is up over 60%. Last sale at $430. And his 2018 Tops Heritage Action card in a PSA 10 is up over 20% at $400. So some of his stuff is moving a little bit. There's some of his stuff that was flat to maybe down especially some of the higher-end stuff. We're kind of seeing that in a lot of these cards, maybe with one or two exceptions that we'll get to in the NFL later. But low-end stuff for a lot of these storyline players that have you know some sort of a catalyst that might uh, be interesting. For those that, again, this is, we always, look, we kind of talk about card values. We're, we're a combination of collectors and investors. Um, I do think about my cards as an asset at the same time. We generally don't sell a lot of cards. We more of a collector than anything else. But there are folks out there that are interested in looking at this from an investment perspective, and which is totally fine. I don't, you know, sometimes people in the hobby get all sort of worked up about are you collector investor and is this bad for the hobby? Is that good for the hobby? Look, we can all coexist. Everyone can have their own reasons for why they want to collect or invest in cards, and that's perfectly okay. So anyway, yeah. But let's move on. I get shorter show. We you know uh, we do jersey numbers normally, but literally. <clears throat> Nothing in any of the leagues for number sixty-nine. Well, there's a reason for that. I know. Let's not. That's we're a clean show. I know so Dennis Rodman tried to get it. They he didn't did. Let him of get course, it. he did. That, they didn't that let would, him get it. That's a typical Rodman move. But uh, we're a clean show, so let's not get into that. Let's just go ahead and move on then. And we're going to be. This is going to be the fastest track to the halftime report I think we've ever done. Maybe. Let's do it. Let's go to the halftime report. Okay. All right. I'll kick things off. And we'll, we, not a lot of hobby news this week. A couple things we'll touch on. First is Wheatland Auctions. That's a, I, I like them. I've done a, uh, bought some things with them over the past several years. They were the ones that had the Uncle Jimmy collection, if folks may remember, back when the COVID and pandemic kind of first started. I think it was in March of 2020. can't remember when that auction. There were, uh, there were three or four auctions that all encompassed the, the Uncle Jimmy collection, but they were the ones that had that. Well, they've got their February 2023 Vintage Sports Card and Memorabilia Auction going on now. And give it give it a look. You can find their 
um, I think it's just wheatlandauctions.com. But if you don't, if that's not right, you can go to our website, go to uh, Hobby Resources, look at auction houses, and we've got a link to Wheatland in there. They've got a lot of nice vintage cards uh, coming up in that auction, so it's maybe one to to give a look to. It's going to be fun to see what some of those cards go for. All right, and then the $165,000 offer that Collectible received for the Charles Barkley game-worn jersey, which is the one that he wore in his playoff career-high 56-point game in 94, uh, was rejected, which is kind of surprising. The assets now trading the platform at a value of just over 80000 so that 165 k offer was not quite 1% over the IPO price, but was 68% over the last traded price on that platform before yeah, so, the offer was received. So. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. It, it's now trade. They rejected $165,000 offer, and the assets trading at 80000 <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's just, it's just weird to me. I, I mean, I get why that happens, but it just really feels like there's an arbitrage opportunity there. The problem is there's just not enough depth in the order book and the liquidity on that platform hopefully collectible can um, do some things to help grow that because i do think it there's some interesting opportunities there sgc the grading company announced they're going to be partnering with tops again remember they did this for the 2022 bowman chrome cards uh, when that set came out they said they actually said they graded just under 24,000 cards in about a six-week time frame based on that last promotion well this time they're going to offer a special for grading the 2023 top series one baseball cards and they're going to offer nine dollar per card grading with no minimum meaning no minimum you don't have to send in 10 card you could send in one card or 100 cards whatever and no declared value limits and there is a five to ten day turnaround time on that all right, and then CSG and PWCC expanded their partnership to include the option for collectors to submit newly graded cards into the PWCC vaults. Yeah, that one, for some reason, I thought that already existed. I saw that as news came out yesterday or today, and I was like, I thought that it was already in place, but maybe it was maybe, maybe it was company. you could submit to PWCC and send it to CSG mm. for grading. Now it's if you send to CSG, you can have it, after it's graded, go directly to the vault at PWC. Right. PWCC, excuse me. So, And then uh, Fanatics CEO Michael Rubin was out, gave an interview. This was in response to their, you know, we already talked about this, I think, in a show or two ago, their, the announcement of their Fanatics Live brand and the marketplace and what that they're going to be launching this year. And this is what he said. Here's a quote. He said, I think the collectible space has enormous upside. This business has never been marketed. There's never been any product innovation. I'm not sure about that. As a side note, there's been some product innovation over the years, maybe just not as much as people might have might like to see. But and then he goes on to say, to every collector out there, the 12-month cycle we're in right now will do more. We will do more for this industry than has been done in the last seven years. We are going to aggressively market this industry. We are aggressively going to innovate this industry. I'm so bullish on it because this business has been doing great by accident, but. He's saying not anymore. Going forward, it won't be by accident. It's going to be very intentional. So all good things. Look, if you're a if you're a fan of the hobby and and you want to see it, you know, grow and succeed, all good things. It sounds like Fanatics is all in. They're going to be spending some money to try to innovate and and grow the space. And that's why we've. It's one of the reasons why we've said we've kind of optimistic on the long term outlook for the hobby because I do think I agree with him. I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth in this space. And so it was kind of interesting to see that. But that's really it on the hobby news side. We'll want to do some uh, card ladder record sales. Sure. A lot of, um, what do you want to say, timely or, or uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not timely sales, but, you know, fitting, oh, I guess. Topical, thank you. Yeah, that's a good good word for it. Topical for what's been going on. So 
The first one is, well, you take the first one. All right, uh, it's 2013 Panini Court Kings. Next day, autographs, uh, Giannis and Tedekumpo, PSA 10. Uh, it sold for $19,200 on Golden. Yeah, that Golden auction is going to have a lot of them in this record sales. They, they, it was a good auction. There was also a 1955 top Sandy Koufax in an SGC7, and that one sold for $9,300 via PWCC. All right, now 2020 National Treasures, Jalen Hurts RPA. It was number 299. The BGS 9... Uh, I guess the autograph was ten. Yeah, sold nine for, on the card, ten on the auto. Yep. Sold for seventeen thousand four hundred dollars on PWCC, and then the PSA ten of that sold for thirty four thousand eight hundred on Golden. Yeah. So I mean, look at that. I mean, think about that for a minute, right? Same card. It's his RPA from twenty twenty National Treasures, serial number to ninety nine. So there's only ninety nine of those. So one graded nine by BGS 10 on the auto gets goes for 17.4 the other graded PSA 10 goes for 34.8 both are records for those grades but the the 10 goes for almost double the nine that's crazy anyway and topical right because of the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts uh, another national treasures football 2018 for Lamar Jackson that's his RPA this true RPA serial number to 99 of PSA 10 also sold for record $39,600 so outsold Jalen Hurts kind of interesting all right, and then in 2017, National Treasures De'Aaron Fox, RPA, number 99, PSA 10, sold for $10,200 via Golden. Yeah, that one was interesting, too. Well, I'm, it's his first all-star bid. He's filling in for somebody okay. in the West, so. Okay, there you go. And then we're seeing some Kobe stuff come to light again, or come to life again, I should say. And uh, this one was a 2013 Panini Innovation, which is the set that had the Kaboom in it. It was Kobe's Kaboom card, Kobe Bryant we're talking about. This was graded a 9 by PSA, and it sold for a record $6,120 also in that golden auction. And then we have a 1978 Topps Walter Payton PSA 10, which sold for $3,600 via PWCC. Yeah, that's not his rookie. That's his, what, that's a 78, so I think that's his third year. Yeah, third year, right? Because I think 70 is 76, the first, his rookie, and then 77, second year, I think so. Uh, I think I have that right anyway. But yeah, so once again, maybe, maybe is that Dale? Maybe Dale's sniping all the PSA 10s for Walter Payton. Don't know, but... Uh, if you're listening, Dale, let us know if you snipe that card. The uh, And then we had one that doesn't come up very often. You do not see many Alexander Ovechkin, the cup card. So this was 2005, which is his rookie year. It was the cup from Upper Deck, which is kind of similar to Panini's National Treasures. It was an RPA, rookie patch auto, serial number to 99. It was graded by BGS 8.5 on the card, 10 on the auto, and it sold for $67,200 via Golden Auctions. All right, uh, well, that's it for the halftime report, so let's go ahead and move on to film study. All right, well, we said it would be a shorter show. Here we are in film study. What are we, like 15 minutes in? Unbelievable splits here, guys. 15 minutes in. Unbelievable. We're setting records, world records. We're here. like 20 minutes ahead, at least. Let's keep it going We and truly make it a little bit of a shorter show today. Uh, where do you want to start? I guess we'll start in the NFL. we got to start in the NFL. Yeah, we got to start, start with the Super with Bowl. start with the NFL. I mean, a lot to talk about there. Well, first of all, we called it, meaning not, I should say, but we called it in the sense that you, Dale, and I all went with the Eagles, and of course, the Chiefs won. So, well, we go. all said it was going to be, I mean, it's kind of a toss up. I know. Yeah, I know. That's and clearly true. Clearly, with the final score, it was. So. It, oh, absolutely. 
Here's a crazy thing too. So for those listening, I every year for the last several years been putting together a little bit of a, just a fun kind of, you know, bet sheet for family members and whatnot and send that around for everybody. And we, you know, we have to say like what color of Gatorade will be poured on the winning coach, you know, which team will score first, how long will the national anthem last, different things like that. One of the questions was, uh, that was going to be the tiebreaker question was to no it wasn't the tiebreaker it was a bonus question that we gave extra points to was to pick the winning team in the final score and your 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 grandfather my father-in-law predicted the exact score that's crazy 38 he said the 38 35 chiefs was his prediction he got it exactly right yeah and then he ended up winning because of that but that's crazy i told him i said should buy a lottery ticket maybe go to vegas and bet on that stuff i mean that's crazy. But anyway, so yeah, so what do you want to talk about with the, uh, should we talk the game or should we talk commercials? <laughs> How about the game? The game, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously I had made a post, kind of a meme or, you know, joke post about the field conditions were terrible. Yes. And so we probably, you know, the left's already been said about that. But what I, what I found interesting is now you've got, I think it, is it, um, I think it was Oklahoma State. Was it Oklahoma State, I think, was the college that, uh developed that seed that that particular line of grass seed that was used and i think it was oklahoma state i may have the college wrong so if i have the college wrong i apologize but i think it was oklahoma state anyway you know before the game they were you know touting how hey the super bowl is going to be played using our seed and then after the game they were like no the nfl it wasn't our fault the nfl you know <laughs> they well, overseeded with some type of rye grass or something well, or another thought, that has a wider blade that can hold water and make it more slit you know i thought the issue was um and they painted the field yeah i thought the issue was the paint yeah that that's, was another that's, one that's what i yeah gathered was the exactly issue. everybody was slipping on the paint but you know and they had said oh in oklahoma state was it grass i thought is it not turf it's grass oh interesting. it was grass and they said that philadelphia actually used that grass that seed particular seed for their home on their home field for their home games this mm. year and didn't have any issue and there were several other i guess you know sort of prominent stadiums and teams that had used that grass and hadn't had any issue but i know that this has been an issue in arizona for some time because i think it was was it kansas city one of the teams played arizona early in the season whether there was preseason or early in the regular season and kind of complained about it was some of the worst field conditions they had ever played on and apparently nothing changed by the time it got to the Super Bowl. So that was disappointing to see because I do think it ultimately had an impact on the it game. It definitely did. There were people slipping in the middle of plays. Yeah. And like Jalen Hurts changed shoes after the first quarter or something. Right. Uh, it's, yeah. So that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously both sides deal with it. Yep. But it's just kind of, yeah, kind of not good. And look, the Chiefs won, what, second time in the last five years? Maybe in the last, what, four? I forget the exact yeah, time frame there. Like but. That. But uh, so props to them. And but you know what? In a lot of ways, I will say Hertz actually outplayed Mahomes and the Eagles actually outplayed the Chiefs. If That's you look I at the stats think. Um, now, again, stats can lie. Except for, I mean, the second half was just. Well, but but the, if you look at it, they pretty much across the board outplayed them, except in two key places. And they always say these are some these are the two key places where you can win or lose a game. And that is special teams and turnovers. So the Eagles had that one turnover, that fumble that Hurts made that turned into that Kansas City picked up, ran back for a touchdown. Obviously, that was a big game changer. And then special teams, that punt return. In the second half, Kansas City almost returned it for a touchdown. 
Your mom, by the way, predicted that. I was. I needed one more question on our Super Bowl questions. I said, what should I ask you? How about a punt? Will there be a punt return for a touchdown? I said, oh, do you know something? Because I don't think there's ever been a punt return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, and that then was that the play, longest punt return there's ever been. Yeah, that play started developing. And I was like, oh, oh you called it. You called it. We're going to have a punt return for a touchdown. First Super Bowl ever. How crazy would that have been? But anyway, but did get. I think got tackled inside the five and set up a Kansas City touchdown in the second half. So those two plays really... Quite frankly, I mean, you could point to a lot of play, but those two in particular, like I said, special teams and turnovers was the difference in the game. It's crazy how they even let that play happen. Was... You mean the Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was just... On the punt return? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that they let it happen. They just, I mean, it was I'm just not... one of those things, right? But like, come on. Yeah. Come on, man. You the... cannot let the, let a team return a punt to the five-yard line. I know. In the Super Bowl. I know. That's ridiculous. I agree. Like, and it was just like, I feel like... But it happens sometimes. <clears throat> well, yeah, well, like the dude literally like turned around and ran to the other side of the field where like there's no other Eagles players, so everybody could just block for yeah, him. Yeah, they just lost discipline it, on it their legs, like, I think. Yeah. You know? And but here's look, I mean here's listen to this because it's kind of interesting when you break it down, right? So here's the stats, and I'll, I'll look at second half in particular. So Philadelphia in the second half only really had three possessions. Technically, they had four. I'm not going to count the fourth because it was the last possession where they had one play, and that was the hail mary. That I don't even know what that was, and even a hail mary, but whatever. So they really had three possessions, right? And and on those possessions, they kicked a field goal, they punted once, and they scored a touchdown. So you know that's not bad, right? I mean. And they did well. They only didn't score on one tu- on on one possession. But the problem was they only had three. In comparison, in the first half they had six possessions. So they had half the number of possessions. Now in the second well, half, not even just number of possessions, but they just had the ball for a really long time. In, in the first half, exactly. Like one of those drives was like one like really long. Exactly. And Kansas City had just four possessions in the second half. So that gives you to your point. Both teams were had you know I think. 15, 16, well, I think Kansas City had more time in possession in the second half than Philly, but it wasn't by a whole lot. Um, like you said, Philly had big time of possession difference in the first half. But in the second half, it was relatively even, Kansas against Kansas City more. But only, you know, Kansas City only four possessions, Philly really only three. So, you know, really only seven possessions between two of them. And think about Philly had six just in the first half alone. That gives you an idea of the, the length of those drives, the amount of time each drive was taking up of the clock. But... Here was, you know, Kansas City's four possessions in the second half were touchdown, 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 field goal. And of course, the field goal was the one to put them ahead and, and win the game. Um, and like we said, Philly had that one turnover in the big special teams play, and that was really the difference in the game. Uh, if you look at the stat lines, like here's here's Mahomes' stats. Passing, he was 21 for 27 for just 182 yards, but did have the three touchdowns. Hurts was 27 for 38 for 304 yards and a touchdown. Well, see, so, but the difference here is that, like, Mahomes didn't have to do as much because of the two, because of the defensive touchdown. Right. So, like, that's kind of a big deal. And well, then, like, he just got the ball in really good places on the field, so, like, he didn't yeah. even have an opportunity to do as well as Hurts. Hurts had to basically score, well, not him himself, but he had to basically... Well, but it really run, was... Run the drives to get yeah, all the points. But it really was him himself because they had... They had what? They had four touchdowns? Yeah, because they kicked two field goals, four touchdowns, and a two-point conversion, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Four touchdowns? Well, Hurts accounted for all four because he threw for one, and then he rushed for oh, three. Oh, he did rush for three. Yeah. he was, And so that was the ru- – here's the rushing comparison. I don't – they're quarterbacks. So you don't think – but both Mahomes and Hurts do have – you know, are kind of known for their legs and the ability to scramble and be mobile. Mahomes was six rushes for 44 yards. Hurts was 15 for 70 yards and three touchdowns. So 
Hertz accounted for four. It's touchdowns. hilarious that Mahomes was even able to run at all with that. In, that yeah, ankle. that they were like he even found opportunities to be able to run at all is crazy. I know. Yeah, it really was for like any significant and especially, yard, yardage, and especially with what what it looked like towards the end of the first half there, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden he comes out. The magic of you know whatever <laughs> pain shot they gave him at halftime got him going. Know, sometimes the, you play better when you're hurt. Yeah, you sometimes I do. I think that's true. I think, I think you might, tend to be a little more focused. Yeah. you know. But either way, those runs looked so awkward <laughs> every time he ran. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Well, you know, Chiefs fans had to be just like yeah nervous, a- anxious every time he took off running like no don't get you know but um yeah so and and when we look putting some card value stuff to this i looked at the Mahomes card ladder index and it actually is down in the past month but again kind of have to look under the hood so we looked up, up some individual cards some of his individual cards were up a lot so as an example of the 2018 select concourse silver in a psa 10 is up 98 percent in the last month the last sale was at 300 dollars so and this and that's what you're going to see with some of this stuff the lower price stuff doing better than the higher price stuff on the flip side though there was this one and this one was interesting because for both hertz and mahomes this particular card was down it was the 2017 it's a panini prism set but it was the red white and blue a parallel and in a psa 10 for mahomes that was down almost 30 percent with the last sale at two thousand five hundred fifty dollars over the last month um, for hertz the same thing that particular card was down 26 percent with the last sale being $157.50. Now think about that, right? The Hertz, that's exact card for Hertz, but it's in the 2020 Panini Prism because that's his rookie, red, white, and blue, parallel PSA 10, $157.50. Mahomes, uh, that same card, $2,550 in a PSA 10, but both down about you know 25 to 30%. But then if you look at some of other Mahomes stuff, his 2017 Panini Base in a PSA 10 was up 42% at $420. His 2017 Optic Hollow in a PSA 10 up 15% at $2,000, just over $2,037. His 2017 uh, Don Russ Gridiron Kings uh, was the, uh, the uh, I don't know if that's a parallel or an image variation, but that in a PSA or an insert, but anyway, that's in a PSA 10. It was up over 58% with the last sale at $400. Again, these are all over the last month. But then if you look at his national treasures, the more expensive stuff, right? His 2017 national treasures, true RPA, serial number 99. There was a BGS nine and a half grade on the card, 10 on the auto that just sold, like I think it was yesterday for $57,600. That was down over 20% from the last sale, which was around $80,000. So big decline. Just if, but again, only one sale, so I don't know how much you can make of that. But that was, I think, in the PWCC auction uh, where that one hit. And then looking at Hertz stuff, same thing. His index is down the past month. However, a lot of his individual cards are up quite a bit. I mean, we already talked about those National Treasures cards in the halftime report that would set record sales. And then if you look at like his 2020 Panini Prism, the silver in an SGC 10 is up 12% at $609. However, the PSA 10 is down over 20% at $810. So that's kind of an interesting thing, right? There was a huge gap between the SGC 10 and the PSA 10. And so what you saw is the SGC 10 actually went up and the PSA 10 went down and kind of closed that gap a little bit. But the PSA 10 is still about $200 over based on the last sales, the SGC 10. And we already talked about his red, white, and blue. So another one I was going to mention was Travis Kelsey because obviously he, he had a good game. And uh, his index is on card ladder up 15% in the past month. Looking at some of his individual cards, his 2013 score that we talked about last time, I think, in a PSA 10, up about 12%, around $200. His 2013 Panini Prism base in a PSA 10, up 80%. 
at around $252. And his 2013 Topps Chrome in a PSA 10 was up 60% at $240. The refractor of that same card was up 9% at $415. So give you a little bit of uh, card value and performance stuff from a couple of the, the key players in, in the Super Bowl. Should we talk commercials? What was your favorite commercial? I don't even remember any of them. You don't remember any commercials? I like barely remember them, man. Oh man, I could. I well, I know probably one of my favorite one was the E Trade. They brought E Trade bought the baby back. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty funny. It was the one where he was like, "Oh, you you live with your parents, but you bought a house in the metaverse." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I was a classic know, line. I feel like if you want a good, if you want people to like your commercial, all you have to do is put a baby or a dog in it, and it's like Pr- pretty much it's animals. Free. Yeah, babies go well, animals go well. The uh, your mom liked the T-Mobile commercial with uh, John Travolta that was uh, mimicking Greece. I just remember um, Pepsi's just decided to basically rip off Coke Coke's advertising campaign for their Coke Zero. What? Basically the same concept that they just did it like a little bit differently. What was it? I don't remember. Like like the whole thing of like you need to try it first. Oh, yeah. That's like, oh, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. Pepsi's is literally just did the same thing with Pepsi Zero. And they just got actors that said... You have to try it. I don't know if it's good. Am I acting like, you or have am to I try it? Yeah, 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 that's it right. First, I remember all those. the same yeah. like concept. <laughs> those were good though. That Coke is doing. Yeah, but they were kind of funny. <clears throat> I thought though. that was interesting. Well, and and what was the, there was another one I was thinking that was pretty funny. Um, gosh, I can't. Well, there was that one that one beer commercial that was like you didn't know it was like Blue was Moon. it was it yeah was, was it Blue Moon or yeah. was it yeah because it was like was it Miller was it Coors and then they're like this is a Blue Moon commercial at the end yeah and you wonder like did all three of those companies split the cost is that that's a way to maybe get some airtime and you know not have to pay seven million dollars for a thirty second spot did they all split the cost on that I yeah don't know. and there was this the other um, I forget the name of it but it's like the it was like orange and like they played the commercial like three times and it was like like one of those like sites where like all the clothes are really cheap and it's like nice clothes for, oh. like super super cheap i had never heard it before yeah and they had the commercial play like three times i know yeah can you they were the only they, they were the they were money. the only like company i think that had like multiple of their commercials play it was ridiculous i had never heard of them before yeah it was like three times and they're all the same commercial that's funny yeah a big risk to do that of course yeah, you had will, will farrell in the electric vehicle commercials that was good. All right. Well, anything else on the game? Not really. Well, congrats to uh, Chiefs fans and Eagles fans. Look, you hold your head high. I mean, you know, that was a good game. Had every opportunity to win it. I think Eagles, if they keep that team together, I think they're going to be around and be a um, competitor for, you know, in in the mix for the Super Bowl for, for some time to come. Because yeah. I think Hurts is the real deal and – so it yeah. was a, it was a good game. I'll say it kind of was disappointing how it ended though. The penalty. Oh, it do we just, want to talk about that? Well, yeah, I don't even care about the penalty. I just think it was a really anticlimactic way for the game to end. Yeah, like it was such a good game, and I felt like that was just really anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, and here's what I'll say. Look, I, I mean, look, I mean, I, I you could right if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like that's a good call. If you're an Eagles fan, you're like oh my goodness, that's terrible. The reality of it is there were calls. You, you know, if I mean Eagles. Eagles got away with some calls early in that game too. That were remember that Chiefs that ca- the the catch that they ruled not a catch that the Chiefs uh, stripped 
and returned for a touchdown. But then they reviewed it and said, you know, he didn't have possession long enough. Like you've got to have, there's a certain amount of the time element that's involved in the catch, and there wasn't enough time before he caught it, turned around. He got two feet down, turned around, but it's like you got to have time and make a football move. They said he didn't have it long enough. So by the time he got hit and the ball, you know, fumbled and took the ball and ran it back for a touchdown, they reversed that. So, I mean, you you know, you could make a – I mean, again, that probably the right call there, to be honest with you. But, like, if you're if you're a Chiefs fan, you were probably upset about that call. You know, Eagles fan, you're saying that's the right call. So, I mean, I think there were a lot of those kind of calls throughout the game that the, could I go mean, either that way. Happened, that happened twice. Yeah. Where there's like and that was another bobble, one of those – Bobble possession. Yeah, and it was another one of those classic ones where people say, oh, I hate that call at the end of the game. you got to let them play at the end of the game. We've talked about this before. I've, I've made I mean, my, you can't. It's just I just like don't like how it ended. Yeah. I just think it was anticlimactic. Well, and I, my thing is you that's can't change a, it up at the end of the game. If yeah, there's, like if there's not a penalty, the there's a penalty. you got to call it. I'm yeah. just saying it just – I hate that it ended that way. I know. I know. It's Yeah, that's it's fair enough. But, but and, it, was, it was a good game anyway. It was a good game, and like I said, I think the Eagles on the right trajectory. They're going to be around for a while, as of course will the Chiefs if they uh, those teams keep everyone together and stay healthy. Probably a lot of good things to come. Much as much to my chagrin, being a Broncos fan and being in the Chiefs division, uh, we we've got our work cut out for us to try to compete with them year in year out for a while. But all right, well, let's move on. You want to move on to the NBA? Sure. We got some NBA stuff, and then that's it. Then we're going to wrap up the show. We said we're going to keep it a shorter show today. So where do you want to start? Um some buyouts real quick because the buyout market is going to be pretty interesting. So explain explain what the buyout market is. I mean, it's just basically like teams can choose to buy out players of their contracts, basically just pay them money to release them of their contracts pretty much. Yeah, and then the player can kind of do the whatever they want. player can just go sign point. with whatever team right. they want. Right, right. Because if teams just don't want that player for whatever reason, they can buy them out, yep. not have to keep them for that long. Just give them money up front so that they can go and sign somewhere else yeah and they don't have to to deal with that um that cap space that they don't want so why would let me ask you this why would a team trade for a player get a player in a trade and then buy them out and have them go somewhere else why not trade them or get you know or not trade for them in the first place if you're just going to buy them out and let them go somewhere because you're going to get other st- i mean you're not just it's usually it's part of the package trades, deal. Yeah, it's just like part of a package. It's usually right. not the same player. And the thing is, you can clear up, I think you can clear up cap space that way. Yeah. Because if you bring in, you know, as part of a package, say Russell Westbrook, who's obviously going to take up a lot of cap space, you know, you're bringing him in with some other stuff, but you also freed up cap space when you moved players and you're bringing in these players. Now you can buy out like Russell Westbrook, and that's a huge amount of cap space if you don't really want to keep Russell Westbrook, which gotcha. now you can use to go sign other players. Okay. Um, and on top of the fact, maybe you just don't want to use them and you just want the other stuff in the package, whatever it is, you needed to move a player. So, so do we know whatever. how long they have to do this? Is there a deadline on No, there's this? no deadline. You can just, it's just do it anytime. Yeah. So a couple of interesting ones. Danny Green was bought out, and he's now signed with the Cavs. That's a big, big pickup for the Cavs, really good 3 and D player won multiple championships uh reggie jackson went to go replace bones highland with the nuggets that's a pretty good pickup for them that makes them much better and then pat bev i'm not sure if he was bought out yet but he's expected to be bought out by orlando so that's another player that's going to be on the market obviously russell westbrook is still looking for a home i think the clippers are probably where he's going to land but we'll see and then I actually just saw it's either today or yesterday Kevin Love is gonna get is he's he's finalizing a buyout as well. 
so Kevin Love will be on the market. I think there's a few others, but those are the ones that have like already kind of bought out and signed with other teams. So gotcha. Those are pretty important important players, important pieces to these good teams too. So agreed. Well, I saw where Brooklyn apparently had an offer on the table because remember Kyrie, I think, wanted to go to the Lakers to play with LeBron, and they had an offer on the table from the Lakers of two first-round picks plus Russell Westbrook, and turned it down. That seems, and I know there was some, you know, talk about how Brooklyn just they just out of pure sort of spite didn't want to send him to where he wanted to go. <laughs> Maybe so, you know. I, I could also see that they just didn't really want Russell Westbrook. That may be but because think I about feel that. like two pa- first the round package, picks. The Lakers' first round picks probably going to. You know, well, be the other, a, a good I mean, one. The, the package they got from um, Dallas, I would say, is probably better than that. To is be it? honest, for 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 Brooklyn, yes, yeah. Because I don't think if the, I don't think they would want to keep Russell Westbrook. I think Dorian Finney-Smith is a really important piece to any team. A really rare type of player, and then Dinwiddie is just a scorer. Yeah, and that's very valuable. Plus they got like a few picks, I think. So, and Dinwiddie's played in Brooklyn before, and and was pretty. I mean, he was the guy there for a while. And they're doing okay. I mean, they're still fifth in the standings right Listen, now. Listen, I mean, I said, I, I mentioned this. I was wondering if they were going to have kind of a jazz situation where they just have so many solid players that they just are still able to win games at yeah. a decent clip. And I feel like they kind of are. And I think Mikhail Bridges is an interesting situation. I don't think they're actually going to move him. From what I can gather, it looks like they want to hold on to him and kind of have him, have him as a main you know, piece to not build around, but just like be part of you know the build around right um because he's a really important piece i mean phoenix is going to really miss him and he's been showing a lot of like off like he's known as like a really good defensive player he's finished top three in defensive player of the year voting in past years but he's showing a lot of promise offensively too and he always has but while all the players were out in phoenix i mean he got a chance to kind of be like the main offensive option and that's kind of what he's doing a little bit with brooklyn too i mean he had a 45 point game the other night against miami at home so that was pretty solid i think that's a career high for him yep so it'll be interesting to see his development in brooklyn um going forward if this kind of if this is the roster that kind of stays together for a little bit as they rebuild he's definitely a player to pay attention to yeah because he's really solid really solid developing into a really really solid two-way player so well and a couple teams that are on kind of the exact polar opposite streaks you got milwaukee on a 12 game win streak and Mm -hmm. now just a half game out of first course boston yeah just like all of a sudden all of a sudden out of the first i mean boston kind of had that first place in the nba pretty much clinched at least in terms of the loss column now it's not now it's really much closer yeah and here's the interesting thing i was looking at Giannis's cards and again, this is that, you know, I hate to keep talking, you know, feel like I'm broken record on this, but it's the reality situation. You look at his card ladder index in the last three months, it's down over 30%. However, just crazy. However, look under the hood. That's not necessarily the case. So if I look at his, like, let's look at some of the lower valued cards, like the 2013, that's his rookie year, the uh, SP Authentic. And it, 13 was his rookie, right? Not 12? It was 13. Yeah, I think it was yeah. 13. Uh, his SP Authentic. In a PSA nine, okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll do the ten in a minute. This is just the base. But in a PSA nine, in the last three months, it's up nearly sixty percent with the last sale at around one hundred and five dollars. In a PSA ten, over the last three months, it's up nearly twenty percent with the last sale at around one hundred and eighty dollars. So, give you a little idea on that. And then, what else could I use? Let's do. 
So if I look at like his 2013 hoops as an example, that's a kind of a popular card in a PSA 10. The uh, last sale on that was $388. That's pretty flat actually. But again, compare that's flat compared to his index being down, you know, 30%. And if I look at the PSA 9 in that one, it's actually up over 13% with uh, in the last three months with the last sale at 179. So again, this is one of those situations where I think the you know, some of the lower value cards are actually doing better than, than maybe what some of the higher value cards. And so you kind of have to, you know, the indexes can be a little misleading. But yeah, so they're doing well. On the exact opposite side, you got the Spurs, who now have extended it to a 14-game losing streak. Ooh. And they're a half game out of last with Houston, obviously oh, going for the Wemby watch, even though there's no guarantee they get that pick. <laughs> it's a pretty good chance, though. Yeah. That would be an excellent place for, for Wemby in my opinion. Well, Play although under Coach Pop. Houston might have something to say with that the, about that too. I mean, they're 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 in last right now, but again, it's a half game that separates yeah, the two. Yeah, well, of them. I would just I just think that the Spurs would be like a good spot for him to land. Oh, I, yeah, it's exactly. just what I mean. Yeah, to play to play with, uh, with Coach Pop would be really good for him early. Yep. Um, and I, I just remembered another another uh, buyout pickup because I was thinking about Phoenix. Um, Terrence Ross from Orlando. Uh, was also bought out and signed with Phoenix to bolster their bench a little bit, which they kind of need now that they've got Kevin Durant and give up a lot of bench play. Yeah. So another one to mention. Well, and, you know, I heard, I think I heard someone say, oh, Phoenix comes out and loses their first game with Kevin Durant, but he didn't well, he play. he didn't play. He didn't play. <laughs> I know. I was like, what do you mean? He didn't play in the game. So, not, re- so really they're either. actually just like down players if you think about it. Right. Because <laughs> they just got rid of two of like, you know, two or three really solid players so right they're still kind of just yeah yeah exactly but uh i did see where the joker nickel okay help me with the name pronunciation again i always get tongue-tied nicola or nicola nicola jokic, nicola jokic thank yeah. you yeah i always get tongue-tied with that name i just refer to him as joker it's easier that's his nickname but he's averaging a triple double yeah he is i was wondering early in the season if he was like really close and now he is i mean i think it's crazy. This guy's really going to win three MVPs in a row. I don't, and he's shooting like, nearly 40, not quite 39% from threes. Yeah. I think 69% from the field. And he's averaging 24.7 points, 11.5 boards, and 10.1 assists. Well, just the crazy thing to me is that, like, he's had two MVPs already where he kind of got better each year. And you would think voter fatigue would set in. But, like, he's basically saying he's basically putting on a performance where you just can't like even that can't even happen because he's playing better he's averaging a triple double so he's playing better statistically than he ever has and his team is in first the past two times he's been like the sixth seed because he's had injured players now denver's first by like six wins in exactly. the west like i don't think that there's any yeah denver's- any argument that he's not the front runner right now i think it's you know him and Giannis are the two top two mvp candidates but i think joker has the edge well or what about tatum right uh, I mean, tatum too yeah but but yeah right i mean so denver's first in the west they're five games up they are one game though back of Boston and that half game back in Milwaukee for the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, Denver was what, like you said, six seed in the last couple of years. And he was winning MVPs, which normally right. doesn't happen. Now right. he's number one seed. Yeah. So he's the best player on almost the best team in the NBA. And, Still he's, a, and he's averaging a triple double, which yeah. is better than he ever has. <laughs> so, exactly. And, and, like, and the only shooting. other players that have won three MVPs in a row are, are Will Russell and uh, Larry. So like, there you go. I That's mean, pretty good company to be yeah. in. Well, and he sh- like I said, his shooting. I-, I was surprised to see he's shooting 39% from threes. Yeah. 
I mean, that's... He's a good shooter. I mean, that's... it's. That's why he's so hard and to guard. And get the 69% like, from the he's field. He's like 260, good you know, post-footwork fundamentals, can pass with his eyes closed anywhere on target, on time like anybody. Like, it's crazy, man. Yeah, there's some couple of highlights out there from their last game, I think it was, where he just made some unbelievable passes. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to, to, to watch what happens there. Still a lot of basketball, obviously, left to play because we're just now at the All-Star break. In fact, going in today, what, yesterday was the last games yeah, for the yesterday break? yesterday were the last games. Yep. And we actually surprisingly had a good last game. Usually these games are really bad because teams just phone it in for before the yeah. break, or at least one team does and maybe the other team doesn't. Um, but we actually had a good last game between Phoenix and the Clippers, which was surprising. But, yep. yeah. But yeah, we're into the break now, so I guess we could talk about. So like the contestants for stat for Saturday are all released now, and there's a lot of injuries too. I'm kind of disappointed. There's a lot of players that are like really fun to watch in All Star games that aren't going to play, and also last night Giannis sprained his wrist, so I'm not sure what his situation looks like because he's kind of very involved this weekend in like multiple events. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't really heard the the latest on him, what what it looks like for the weekend. But I mean, luckily it is I think was just just a sprain and nothing more serious. But we'll see because he was, I mean, he's obviously the captain, um, one of the captains, playing in the All Star game, and then he's also again in the skills contest, which I think Giannis is one of the most entertaining people on all-star weekend because he does everything like it's game seven of the finals <laughs> exactly like he has that. no like he has no other mode to plan and so he just always is 100 in the skills challenge it's hilarious yeah i remember last I year him that. just sprinting back and forth like full sprinting between each shooting spot and the shooting part of the, of the challenge it was great that's awesome um but so we'll see what happens so the skills challenge it looks like with the new format of the skills challenge where they have like the three round thing and they're doing it in teams. It seems like their, their new formula for teams are a team of rookies, a team of players from the hosting cities team, and then the Antetokounmpo brothers. <laughs> nice. Cause they're in it again. So it's, it's a couple, it's like three players from the jazz. It's three rookies. I think it's Paolo, uh, Jaden Ivy and, um, the one Houston Jabari Smith Jr. Yep. And then the three and the Kumpo brothers. So, but again, I, I'm, I'm wondering what that looks like now, if Giannis will even be in that, because I don't know who you replace it with because the team is on Tedekumpo brothers. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. And there's not a third brother in the league. Well, or is yeah, there? No, Actually. not in the league, I don't think. There's a fourth brother. I don't know. I don't think he plays basketball, though. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do about that. Uh, if he can't if he can't participate but maybe it'll just be the two and steph won't be in the three-point contest which is kind of well he wasn't going to be in it anyway but he won't be in the all-star game i think that's the more important thing following what he did last year he's a great player to have in the in the game but we do have our three-point contest participants i think the three-point contest roster is like pretty interesting because you have you have halliburton so everybody gets to see his whack shooting form which is hilarious um, you have Buddy Heald, you have Tyler Hero, Tatum, and Lillard. Kinda. Is Tyler going to be in it? He is going to be been, in it. He hasn't been playing, right? He's been injured. As far as I know, yeah, because they did replace – Anthony Simons was going to be in it. They replaced him with Randall, okay. with Julius Randall, because he, he couldn't do it. Okay. And then you have Lillard. Simons would have been a good one, too. Yeah, yeah Lillard. Lillard and Tatum kind of uh, highlight it. 
you have Laurie Markinen, and I think one more player. I can't really remember who. Joker. <laughs> no, no. I know he won't be. But that I don't, would be kind of I funny. Think, I think there's one more. I don't remember who it is, but it, those are the others. And I think that's an interesting lineup. It's very interesting. Yeah. I like. I really don't even know. Like, well, I have no guesses as to who. I, I think Lillard and yeah. Tatum are kind of up there. Yeah, and then I think Buddy Heald. I think Markinen could surprise you. Halliburton though, maybe too. Right? Maybe. I don't know. It's it's an interesting lineup, but I would definitely, I would definitely pick Lillard or Tatum. Also, do you know what Starry is? The soft drink? No, I do not. Because I had really never heard of it either. But apparently, it's now the official soft drink of the NBA. So Mountain Dew was officially out. Okay. So the three point contest is now the Starry three point contest instead of the Mountain Dew. Nice. So is it an energy drink? It's a soft drink. Oh, okay. So I'm um, wondering. Because they had, like, the Mountain Dew ball last year, which was, like, worth three points. It was, like, a 40-footer or something. I don't know if they just change it, change the name or if Probably, they're going to yeah, have just, just have the same Probably. ball and kill it, the Starry ball. Yeah. Is Clay going to be in it? No. I'm looking at the, the three-point leaders this year so far, and, yeah, Simons would have been a good one to have in there. Buddy Heald, well, this is not in percentage. This is just in three-pointers made. Yeah. Buddy Heald's always been pretty, pretty high clip. But, yeah, I mean, this should be fun. Um, and then the dunk contest. Yeah, who's in that? I think it'll be interesting this year because you have KJ Martin from Houston. You have Mac McClung, who's like a YouTube dunking sensation. Everybody goes. I've never seen. I've never seen his videos or anything, but apparently everybody goes crazy for Mac McClung. Nice. I've seen him play in like summer league and stuff. He plays a lot of energy. I could see how he would be like a very. And he's really short, so he could be like pretty fun. Yep. And you have Jericho Sims from New York, who's like has a lot of bounce. And then Zach is Levine in it? No, Trey Murphy the third is the fourth one. Okay, no from, jaw from from, uh, from from New Orleans. Okay, no jaw. No, huh. I don't think you're gonna get any high. I really wonder if you're ever gonna really get any high profile names anymore. Why not? I mean, Zach Levine wasn't really that high profile of a name when he was in it. He more is now, but like, just because no one wants to do it because of the risk of injury and like yeah. just like how you know much it takes out of you in the break you yeah know, it's always young players now that just don't have much they, they usually are players with promise obviously but like they're usually like players that a lot of people maybe the casual fan has never heard of but those are i feel four. like I, they think, gotta, I feel like that could be interesting these guys are really athletic this year but i feel like they gotta do i feel like they gotta do something to mix up that they gotta get create some something creative with I the agree. dunk contest because i feel like I we've agree. seen we've almost gotten to the point now where we've seen every dunk and it's hard for them to get creative, so I feel like you got to do something else to try to. But you know, I don't know what. I'm wondering. I just. Somewhere. I wonder if we just need like one player to come along that just, you know, is a little bit more creative or a little bit more yeah. smooth or flashy. Because like I feel like there have been stints like that before. Like, I think one of the years that Dwight Howard did it, and he kind of surprised everybody. I feel like we were there was another kind of situation where people were wondering if the dunk contest should be like canceled because i remember the broadcasters were talking about it in that contest they were like people people have been talking about like it's getting been getting capri stale and then dwight howard comes along and he gives you you know all the dwight howard dunks and then you had the stuff with like levine and gordon and levine and uh derrick jones jr and those were really fun so i think you just kind of go on these stints where <clears throat> you there's just not a lot of creativity because it's just right. kind of hard and you just kind of yeah. are waiting for one player or two players to come along that just like have like a way about them that are a little bit smoother just like the way they do it or a little more creative yeah. that kind of revitalize it so hopefully we'll see that this year but i'm not sure 
either way, it's still fun. Hopefully, it won't be as bad as last year because last year was pretty not that great. But well, it's like I said, I feel it's just, like it's just hard now. It is hard now, right? I mean, I don't know what you do. Do you raise the, you raise it to eleven feet? And see what they, or well, maybe so lower Dwight it Howard to, raised it to twelve feet. So yeah. like you can do stuff like that on your own <laughs> That's if you want to, if you're creative. But like, I just feel like I don't know. Like maybe someone just has to do something like super flashy, like when Blake, Blake, uh, sorry, Blake Griffin jumped over a car, yeah. something like that. But like whatever it is, I don't know. I, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll to see. see what happens. But I think those are four good names to have in it. So. Agreed. Okay. And well, you, so you have that Saturday. You have the Rising Stars thing tonight, and the celebrity game. And then Sunday you'll have the draft and and the actual game. So I feel like the celebrity game is always fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the... Maybe that's how they need to mix it up, is do a celebrity dunk contest. <laughs> get, you got to find some celebrities who can, can actually, actually dunk. dunk. You'd have to lower it to, like, eight feet. <laughs> that actually, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. But I will say it could be kind of dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Just judging from my experience dunking on an eight-foot rim... Yeah. So if you're oh, tall and you hit the ground a little bit sooner, it's kind of dangerous with the backboard being so low to the ground. Right. So the only that's my only thing about that. That's you could true. get some more entertaining things, but it's a little bit more dangerous. Well, just because or you of or do it with it a smaller ball too. Yeah, like, maybe you know, do like a 27 and a half instead of the 29 and a half. But yeah, and it should be interesting. I think it'll be fun this year to have them draft the players like live, but right before the game. That'll be interesting. And the only other thing I could think is like I don't know who the All Star or sorry the the MVP is gonna be this year just because you got a lot of players out so it'll be interesting to see because the All Star MVP is usually someone who's just like you know can either just shoot like crazy and just like really take advantage of the lack of defense be, or just um, like just like dunk like crazy. Be so Tatum, maybe. I think LeBron might be a decent option. Oh, just considering. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll see if he can stay if he can stay undefeated too. Wonder if he'll want to go for another MVP for any reason, but that would be interesting. We'll see if he well, can you know, stay undefeated yeah. as captain. Everyone will be screaming rigged if LeBron gets it. No, not really. <laughs> they only give it to you if you put up a good stat line, basically. So I know, but nobody plays defense, so it's that's pretty, the point. Is you just, it's got to be someone who could take advantage of that, like Curry shooting lights out, or like yeah, Giannis going. 100% from the field because no one's guarding him, right? With threes and everything. So Maybe. something like that. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting. We'll have, there'll be a lot more opportunity for some other players to, to get some good run in outside of the, you know, normal names. We'll see. So maybe it could be even more fun that way. We'll see. Maybe jaw. Maybe jaw. Maybe jaw. Cause he'll be, he'll be a starter. Maybe Dane. In. So yeah, SGA. it should be fun. Uh, yeah, is he uh, is he playing in as a starter? I, I know, know he's in it. I don't know because I, I don't know because I think Luke is playing, so I don't think so. I think it Jaws a starter. Oh, Luca! Because yeah, usually Luca, it's got to be a starter. Luca because they because they got Luca's gonna get it. Yeah, play a lot of minutes. Luca's gonna get it. I don't know. He normally doesn't do much in the All Star games. I'm gonna be honest. Maybe he will this year though. He probably will this year. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It should be fun, and then get going with the final stretch of the season. Yeah, right after that. So, all right, really well, interesting setup. You have anything else? No. Well, then we did it. I think that is a record for us for the shortest show ever, maybe. Perhaps. I don't know, perhaps. But that is going to be the show for today. So hope everybody enjoyed it. We do have an interview at least tentatively lined up for next week. So looking forward to that. So stay tuned for that as well. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and take us out? 
All right, yeah, once again, thank you everybody for spending some of your time with us. Uh, we do want to hear from you, so please message us on social media or email us. That's on our website. If you have questions or ideas for topics for a future show, we do love to hear from you, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Also, check us out on social media and follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our website, www.the615collector.com, and subscribe to our email list. Yeah, and please help us spread the word and tell a friend about us. Encourage them to listen to the show. Follow us on your favorite podcast outlet. We'd very much also appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating. That would be great. As we've mentioned on our last show, we have seen some nice growth, um, All you know, adding a bunch of new countries and new states and and new cities in in existing states and that type of thing. So it was awesome to see. We appreciate everybody that has been listening and and appreciate everyone that has been helping us to spread the word. So that is it. That's a wrap for show number 69. Thanks again. And we will see you all next week, same time, same place here on the 615 Collector.